All right, so you posed an interesting question today on Twitter, and your Twitter is uh, at Worldwide Fresh, W O R L. Uh, you asked, um, what was, I think it was either what's the best NBA nick, basketball nickname or what's your favorite NBA nickname? Because I know you said Allen Houston, right. eight, eight, no, uh, H2O. Right. It was Allen Houston, word number 20, which is a good one. And and the shot was water. No, nah, yeah, that's a <laughs> shot to Allen Houston. Without him, the eighth seed, the Knicks, when they went to the championship in uh, 99. Think about it. That whole nickname come together because H is his last that's person. Name. I didn't even really think about it that deep. When, when I heard the name, really, I just thought about water. His right, now, yeah, because the shot was water. then when you water. put it all together, Houston. 20. I mean, yeah. that definitely makes sense. Right. I think it was a just with some of the best nick, uh, right. best hoop nicknames because uh, Ray Allen was on the Knucklehead podcast, and of course, you know, you got Jesus Shellsworth, and I don't before that, that his nickname. I mean, that's what the people gave him, so he said he that's accepts true. it. But his his original nickname in high school was uh, Candy Ray because he said because he had a sweet jump shot. It's actually not bad, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's actually pretty cool. But He's, he said he left it. He left it when he went to college because uh, you know he was trying to reestablish himself and be something else. Yeah. But that was I thought that was a good question. Um, World be free is my favorite nickname of you know world be free was already his last name but that got me thinking you know it was even better question than that what's some of the best basketball names like just hooper names like hollis price like how do you top that as a basketball name i know he wasn't he didn't make it to the nba but he was a pretty decent college player yeah it's like Oklahoma. how do you top hollis price or oh, any first name hollis is automatic hooper name i don't think I've ever seen a football player named Hollis, a hockey player, baseball player, tracker. It's always a bas- It's always a hooper. Because I remember it was at two in Georgetown, like an eight-year span. Right, yeah, for but sure. But just off the top of your head, can you think of another just, what's a good hoop, Nick? What's a good hooper's name? A real names, nobody comes to mind off the top of the head. Only Hollis Price, really. Uh, I can't think of nobody else right now. Nobody that comes straight to mind. I had to think about it. All right. Like I said, it's just an interesting question because once you think about it, you're going to realize, like, oh, yeah, these dudes got, like, names where they were supposed to be Hoopers, like, and not the crazy names, like, um, the coldest ever down at LSU, but shout out to him because that is a cool name. Oh, LSU I receive, his name is the coldest. Oh, yeah, yeah, the coldest, yeah. That's a cool, that's that's like, that's his actual real name, and, you know, he used that just be a nickname. Like, he got a name, was like, okay, yeah, he got to be an athlete. Right. But it is a bunch of basketball players. It was like, their name was meant for them to be basketball players and nothing else. Like hype, none of that. None of that matters. He got a basketball name, right? For sure. And with that being said, I'm John W. Fresh hit. And this is the Hoopers in the middle of the conference finals. Um, Phoenix up one zero. Milwaukee, Atlanta play tomorrow. Phoenix has been basically running through the playoffs. They've only lost two games. That was in the first round to the Lakers. Um, they say they ate no sense. LeBron posted up. Uh, oh yeah, Andre Drummond in the background. Yeah, yeah. LeBron on Jay Crowder laughing. Yeah, comes they, they, saying he's stinking, flap, flopping on him. Yeah, they've been eight and zero since then. And you know, basketball guys, they gonna repay you when they can. Um, playoffs has been a lot of in- not it's not been a lot of injuries, but there has been some injuries this year. It hasn't really determined the games, honestly, in my in my opinion. It hasn't made it for a worse product either. But like, you know, Kawhi's out right now. James Harden came back with basically half a hamstring. Kyrie missed some games because of an ankle injury. The Hawks are missing DeAndre Hunter. Cam Reddish has been medically cleared. You see him on the court? I haven't seen no, I haven't seen yeah, him. Was, um, yeah, I seen a little clip he was getting some shots up. 
So he medically clear, so that means he might play this series. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I think, of course, so of course, basically everybody's saying with Chris Paul even in the, um, he's an injury, but he's in the health and safety protocol right now because of a, I guess, a failed COVID test. Right, yeah, he had a positive. He uh, he uh, tested positive for it. Right, so right now it's looking like everybody's saying you know Milwaukee's the healthiest team, and that might work to their favor. But the way Devin Booker is playing, he seems to be a tad bit unstoppable. He had a forty-point triple double, his first triple double ever, in um, Game One win against the Clippers. They should be getting Chris Paul back though, because he's been tested negative or whatever, so he should be back by Game Two at, yeah. at worst, Game Three. But I think he. Phoenix plays tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I I, I don't know for sure. I had to look. I ain't look at the roster, but I think he playing tonight. Yeah, I know he was listed as day-to-day, and I know game but, one. Yeah, like I said, um, Devin Booker, they fine right now. Right, and I know Jay Crowder said um, Chris Paul brother, not Cliff from the uh, commercials, but uh, CJ, who said Chris Paul was basically sending text messages from the home, basically relaying messages to the players on the team because he was sitting right there next to the bench. Chris Paul was the only player you would think would do something like that, right? Right, yeah, I'm surprised they don't. Uh, they didn't have an iPad there and FaceTime them or whatever. <laughs> um, but Jay, you said Jay Crowder said he was he yeah. was laying messages. Yeah. I mean, hey, that that that's cool that he you know because you gonna communicate, want to be able to communicate, and clearly you can't sit on the bench. So to find out a way to communicate, that's cool. I would have been like FaceTime or something. So you sending sending messages, just have somebody on the bench with the. I remember Lamarcus Aldridge, he was one of the first that had an iPad on the side. Nah, yeah. Just somebody have an iPad and he can just, uh, that, that's the way he can be at the game with you. I'm nah, surprised yeah. nobody thought about that this year. No, nah, yeah, I'm just ahead of the, the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did FaceTime him after the game, though, and after the win, you know, he basically congratulated everybody. It's like, say, Devin Booker had the 40-point triple-double, his first career triple-double. Shouts out again today in the first game of the Western Conference Finals. Stephen A. Smith said he's the next Kobe. Scoring-wise, he's the next Kobe Bryant. Of course, it's all noted he was one of Kobe's favorite players, one of his favorite young players. Everybody remembers the quote he told him, you know, be legendary. Where does Devin Booker, like, really position himself as far as the NBA totem pole go with this? Because he's been the spearhead. I don't care what anybody say about Chris Paul. He's been the spearhead leading this team. Where is he positioning himself right now as right. far as the NBA totem pole go? Like, I can't put him there with, with Kobe just because Kobe was the next level defender. He was always that. Mm. So I think that matters if you're going to put Devin Booker on that level. He should, I mean, if you're going to compare him to him, he should be doing that part of the game too. Um, and I know you said he said he's, no, he might be him offensively. Right. I mean, obviously you see it offensively. He's about his footwork and getting to his spots with Kobe. Obviously Kobe was a player I Analyzed. Uh, he plays in Kobe's, um, so he was de- and he was definitely one of those ones that Kobe gave game two out of you know Devin Booker. Of course, him and Kyrie was tight. Um, he used to talk to Isaiah Thomas, and you know, of course, he had all those players that he gave quotes to. Period, like Giannis, he told him to go win MVP or whatever. So. I, I, I can't give I mean if he just said offensively I, you yeah, know, that's fair yeah, just, just that's wild. fair because Devin Booker's been over 25 a game three straight years yeah, 26 uh-huh. this year um, so obviously it, it's I would say it's fair offensively as long as he's not saying he thinks he's on his level as a player he's still got a long way to go to that but as far as where he's putting stuff in the NBA he's trying to I think he's trying to make a call for himself as the best shooting guard I think I would say Donovan Mitchell is the best shooting guard uh mm-hmm. Top three: Donovan Mitchell, Brad Beal, and uh, Devin Booker. You know, you could go Brad one. I would go Donovan Mitchell one though. But Devin Booker is 
putting himself in that conversation, especially by advancing further in the playoffs than both of them. Donovan losing first in you know the second round, and Brad lost in the first round. Um, but then of course you know Brad has his injury issues, and Donovan was kind of banged up this year himself. Um, well, at least the past couple of weeks, but. He, he's showing for sure that you have to have him top three. And I know somebody might hear that and think, you know, I left James out. I consider James Harden a point guard, so I don't, have, I, don't, I don't put him in the shooting guard conversation no more. He's playing point guard, and, that you know, that's, that is what it is. He's a point guard. That's cool. Right. So as far as shooting guards right now, you know, he's definitely uh, top. I would say top three. I, can't, I couldn't think of two other shooting guards better than him. Um, other than those two, it's our, you know, Brad was second in scoring this year. And Donovan averaged 26 himself also this year. So it's not like you, you know, they no slouches. No, yeah, definitely. Like I said, Devin Booker is definitely having a big playoff in his first time in it. And I think another That's player- good to see, too, because he, he is. I remember the quote saying, you know, he don't, he got, he tired of going home right. every summer. He said that a couple of years ago. And, you know, to be in a position to step up, that's really cool, actually. Nah, yeah, definitely. And I know a couple of the unsung heroes for Phoenix this year in the in the playoffs have been DeAndre Aiden, Mikael Bridges, and Cameron Payne, who had a decent game starting off for Chris Paul in game one. He had 11 points, nine assists. But I feel like DeAndre Aiden is probably, as Devin Booker has been their best player, but I think because of his play and what he provides for him, DeAndre Aiden has been probably their most important player because, you know, he was in the first round, he was tasked with, having to guard Anthony Davis while keeping Andre Drummond off the, off the board while Anthony Davis was out there with him. The second round, he did have to go up and defend and try to get points against the MVP and Nikolai Jokic. And now in this series against the Clippers, he doesn't really have a deterrent, honestly, that he's had to put in a bunch of effort against. Um, Clippers tried to go small game one. He took advantage of it, grabbing offensive boards, like say um, rim diving, things Rudy Gobert couldn't do against, couldn't do, and you know the offense just didn't think to do that. He's way better offensively than Rudy Gay. Could no, ever yeah, think about being. No, yeah, that's and, first and foremost. Aiden is their second best player. I, like you say, everyone loves Chris Paul and what he means to the team, obviously. But Devin Booker is their best player, and DeAndre Aiden is their second best player. And Chris Paul has been helpful for them to teach them how to win and be professionals and make it to the playoffs and just upgrading the team at point guard. I don't remember who said it, so I really, I really hate that I don't remember who said it, but. Uh, I think I might have been listening to uh, Jalen and Jacoby. I listened to that a lot, but get that um, brown out your head. No, all right, I gotta take it. But I, I actually think it was it was it might have been Zach. I'm just throwing a lot of names out there, so <laughs> my bad. Cause I can't remember who it is. I've been listening to some people, but basically to get to the point, they they said that Phoenix, which we all always said this because we used to have a conversation about this, but when Phoenix got Ricky Rubio, it made them really see like, oh yeah, because Ricky Rubio's a a good mm-hmm. starting point guard. Yeah. So it's like with him, you saw how much better they got. If like we always say, if everyone suspended, they would have competed last year. So with Rubio, you see how complete the team ran. Devin can score and then you know expand his game in other ways also, but focus on just being an option instead of trying to create for people. So then he can naturally be creating instead of trying to forcing it. Um, Aiden was getting better in year two, obviously, but, you know, good low post game. He has good hands, but I think he tips the ball too much. But he has good hands around around the paint, and he's going to finish down there. So they saw what the team could be, and then you get a chance to add Chris Paul, you know, top five, ten, top five point guard ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it puts you on another level. And so – 
you know, shout out to James Jones. They call him champ. Um, he just won executive of the year. Obviously, he's tight with LeBron. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm sure he has a relationship, some type of relationship with Chris Paul before and competing against him to be able to, can, you know, because obviously Chris Paul, even though he's older in his career, you still got to kind of convince him to come to certain places as they were trying to work um, out this deal with right, OKC. Originally, they thought it was either going to be the Lakers or somewhere in New York. Exactly. But you, you were able to convince him, like, hey, you can come to Phoenix and, you know what I mean, elite, you know, stay here for a year. We got a good team. So, what you on the team, we definitely going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But you know, you book A's getting better. We actually could compete, and you know they sold him on that, and it's just putting it all together. Because now you really upgrading from Ricky Rubio, who's a respectable player. But you upgrading from Rubio, and your young players are developing because they've been hitting in the draft. They stole Mikael Bridges from Philly. Um, you you know you you get eight in with that uh, number what they got no, at, number, number one pick, pick um, which he was a local kid and a lot of people got on them because obviously Luca's in the draft Trey's in the draft and you got those players and so it's, it's easy to overlook what Aiden did even though he's 18 to 10 as a rookie you know that that's that awesome. rookies don't do that yeah. no, not for real so just that building that overall and seeing what you what was going to be unlocked with a true point guard because of you know it started with the steps having Ricky Rubio and that's something we had always said mm-hmm. for years just kind of started uh, just kind of started the transition for them alright and just um Go back to drafts with pads. Speaking of Luke with Luca and Trey, of course, Phoenix at that time was leaving looking for point guards. Then I think I don't remember what year it was, but I think somebody messed a draft about drafting a point guard higher than he was supposed to go. Um, but I don't think I'm not saying they wouldn't be good with Devin, Devin Booker and they wouldn't be good in either one of those players, Luca or Trey. But I think this their style of play wouldn't really complement each other as best as it could because even though they are especially trade natural point guards they are still like scoring type guards and that's just taking of course you want more scores on the perimeter but that's kind of taken away from what Devin Booker do because they both like to kind of control the offense as well with their passing right I think Trey could work because I think if Trey played with Devin Booker he would feed him the ball excuse me and then be kind of their second score excuse me so I think Trey possibly could work. I don't think Devin and Luca was gonna work. And I remember the coach at the time, he wanted Luca because yeah. I think he was a foreign coach. No, nah, yeah. He uh, so he wanted Luca and kind of trying to run that lineup because Luca he thought he was gonna be a point guard. But I think Luca is more of the the more of a dominant, even though Trey scores also. But Trey doesn't have a score on his team to Devin Booker's level. So I think if he played with Devin Booker, he probably would defer to him more um, and and really try to play that Steve Nash role because he said that Steve Nash is his favorite player. Um, So I think that could have worked, but Aiden is who worked. Sometimes it it all just matters. Everything fits. Like they did, they did need some size and a big, uh, you know, a mobile big in the West that could defend at the rim, but then could still run. I mean, the MVP and the MVP runner-up this year were centers, so to have a versatile big is, is always going to have. Taller players are always going to work in the NBA. I know we all, you know, people love that death lineup, but Andrew Bogut was a starting center, and they play uh, what's his name. Uh, that he left to go to Portland. Oh, yeah, Festus uh, is a terrible basketball name. But you, you have those two players, and then you sign KD, but you're still playing uh, 
Um, I think Spates, who's had some size. David West has some size. So your size is, has always been around, and it's always going to be around. I mean, then Toronto wins a championship with Marc Gasol and Ibaka. I mean, the champion this year is going to be playing a center. <clears throat> Excuse me. Aiden for Phoenix. Other than the Clippers, you know, the Clippers since since Ibaka's out right now. But Brooke, and Brooke, depending on the matchup, they're not But Zubach really plays. Zubach, right, yeah. but he but they're gonna have to do it too. No, they're he, gonna have to play Zubach. He's gonna play more now, yeah. Brooke Lopez is a is a big that's gonna be on the court and he's gonna play and he's gonna give you buckets. Capella put a little guy on Capella plus at the end of the day, John Collins is six ten. I'm just saying as far as small no, player, six yet. six player. So size has always been present. So if you can get a versatile big like Aiton, who's going to be good around the paint, he's going to be able to score down there, and you building on what you got in Devin Booker, and you always think, I can sign a veteran point guard with them instead of trying to grow a young point guard because I think it's more growing pains with a younger point guard <clears throat> than a center because a younger center will defend, rebound. There's nothing young, else, right? You right, a young point guard is trying to figure out how to handle the ball, keep his turnovers down. You got, you got a young guard. <laughs> So now you find somebody and, and then Aiden being from Phoenix, sometimes like the player matches where they went. I think being the Phoenix kid went to Arizona. It made sense. I think Luca could have worked in Atlanta, in Atlanta, <clears throat> but Dallas franchise is built on a foreign star in Dirk, so it just made sense. Right. And then our players from that, you know, Trey. He he's young. He's kind of into the nightlife. He's into. No, he's not flashy, but he has his confidence, obviously. So he works with what we got in the cities. I really think people went where they needed to go. No, yeah, definitely. I think, except Marvin Bagley in Sacramento. But that's another story. Nobody nobody (laughs) needs to go to Sacramento. I'm not even going to bring that story up. I might save it for another episode or for a different show. Mm-hmm. But um, going on to the flip side of that, in that loss, um, the Los Angeles Clippers, of course, they were out without Kawhi. And like I said, so he's doing everything he can to get back. That's what the word is. Word. That's what's up. Shout out to Kawhi for trying to get out there and help his team get to get a victory. Like I say, um, I like Utah and their big man and Rudy Gobert. DeAndre Aiden really took advantage of that small ball lineup with Nick Batum and Marcus Moore. Marcus or Markeith? They got Marcus. With Marcus Moore's in the front court. Um, Paul George didn't have the best shooting game he could have, but he was aggressive. He did make some tough shots. It just, was, it just wasn't enough when, like, say, Devin Buckwildang gets you 40, 40 point triple double. Right. I'm speaking strictly as, as if Kawhi doesn't play in game two, but what does Phoenix need to do to go ahead and go up 2 0? For one, they're, they're going to, and, you know, they all alluded to it after the game, which is going to actually make the Clippers have to use some size. You saw Boogie, cousin, shout out to Boogie, uh, get more minutes than he's been getting. But what Phoenix is going to have to do is they're going to have to make them play play to their size because Aiton is going to be on the court. Right. And you can, you can ice out um, – you can ice out Rudy Gobert, but like they said, like uh, I think it was Tim Legler, he was like, you know, right, he, right, he's like, you know, Rudy Gobert. Not only is you pulling him out the paint, but he's not gonna give you nothing offensively. Aiden gave y'all twenty and nine. That's just game one. That's light, really, because he really, he really, he really could have gave y'all fifteen rebounds, and it wouldn't have been a shocker. So, right. um, and then he's 
more agile on the perimeter than Rudy Gobert is. So, like, I'm not saying he's going to guard no guards, but he can hang out now. He he can he can hang out and get back. Part of one of his comparisons, no disrespect to the Hall of Famer, was David Robinson just because of how quick he was and how he can be on the perimeter and he can run back, he, he can run the floor and things like that. So, you, you, you definitely got to make them – you got to make them want to play to their, their size, and then that means you got to really depend on Zubac and Cousins because they don't got Ibaka. All right. So that and another steady diet of, of uh, Devin Booker, I don't think he's going to get a triple-double every game, but he's very capable of getting another 40 and averaging 30. So, you know, you give him that. Mikael Bridges <laughs> continues to be solid. Um, we'll find out if Chris Paul's playing or not, but either way, solid play from Cameron Payne. Shout out to Cameron Johnson, too. I don't think people got him credit. Like, when he got drafted, where he got drafted, everybody was like, y'all going to draft him there? I don't even remember what pick he was, but because um, everybody remembers Kobe White and uh, his response. Was 11. Yeah, some, yeah, he went, and everybody was like, you going to draft him there? Because he was an older player, and they didn't know what he was going to be, and he's been playing well for uh, right, he's for a good, He's a good uh, alternative to Michael Bridges when they need to uh, get Bridges some minutes out the game. Exactly, so... Um, really, Phoenix just need to keep doing what they're doing, and you know they could they can be the first Phoenix team to go to the championship since Sir Charles and Thunder Dan. Shout out to them. Like I say, back to the Clippers who are trying to avoid a third straight zero or two start in the playoffs in the series. Oh yeah, this will be three straight. Yeah. Uh, I think one. Of the, I said when I seen Demarcus Cousins get that dunk on the start that this should be a series he plays more anyway because they're gonna need him against DeAndre Ayton just to. At least to challenge him offensively because Boogie can't really move defensively. But at least Aiden is a more of a post player, right? Then yeah, he can box him out, like prevent some of those rebounds that Zubac gonna give up because he's not because he's not quick enough. Right. But of course, like say you the Clippers, they might want to go down 0-2 because you know it's not stopping them from advancing right now. But you don't want to go down 0-2. Without Kawhi, right? Especially coming back, right? Especially without Kawhi, like you don't know when he's coming back. Who needs to step up and really help Paul George out? Because we seen Terrence Mann have the forty-point game and the closeout win against the Utah Jazz. I'm not expecting another forty-point randomly, just like that from uh, from T Man. But who needs? Who else needs to step up and just give the Clippers good minutes? Um, You have to definitely say for sure. First two is Zubac and Cousins, just because. You're going to need their size to go with Aiden. Right. Um, but you need Marcus Morris and Kennard to play well, I would say, because Reggie Jackson, you know what I mean, he he, he's been he was good. 10 for 19, but he gave him 24 points in game one. So he's still, you know, he's doing what you need him to do. Obviously, Paul George didn't sh- probably didn't shoot as well as he wanted to. Um, he, he had 34, got t- 26 shots, but you like Paul George being aggressive, and he had moments right. in the game or whatever. But you're definitely going to need – Marcus Morris and uh, Kennard and Kennard didn't play much in game one but that's because he's not knocking you know he's not no. knocking down the shots right. he ain't getting well, it's not even that he's not knocking down the shots because he shot two for three but it's just a matter of getting more shots up you know him only taking three shots he's not getting to his space but Tyron Lue also played you know that game was a quick turnaround for them also um, I think they had one day rest at the end of uh, the, the previous series or whatever. So such a quick turnaround. I think you'll see a better showing there from in game two. But you just want to keep. You just don't. You, you definitely don't want to keep going down 0-2 even though you've won two series like that. Phoenix will beat you. 
They'll sweep you. So. <laughs> right. They sweeping folks. They getting yeah. out of there quick. So you don't want to go down 0-2 to the Phoenix. Right. You got to hold off as long as you can until Kawhi come back. Because I know Phoenix, I mean, the Clippers have looked good, but they're not winning the championship without Kawhi. And he can come back. And if he can come back, everybody can keep being aggressive. They can go to their first NBA Finals. Right. And I know Paul George basically was, um, was quoted as saying, you know, without Kawhi, he get to go back to his Indiana Pacers mind state. I don't like when Paul George say stuff like I that. Feel you, but, hoop. I feel you, but... I feel you, but I get... Like I say, he doesn't. It's not a statement that he has to be said, but I understand what he means in that nah, statement. Yeah, though. Mean, though. Like you know, he just gets to be the first option and you know do what you know. He gets to you know create not just for himself but for his team. He gets to do it comfortably, which means you had a conversation about the other day, saying about you know how the offense should be more ran through Paul George because just because he is the better playmaker. I know I think Kawhi averaged six assists this year, but. Paul George is clearly the better playmaking threat, scoring and getting his teammates involved. Whereas Kawhi should be able to focus more on getting himself ISO buckets and creating out of that. Right. And just with Kawhi being the better ISO scorer, period, anyways, I mean, obviously you can't compare them to the two, but they're the most Michael Jordan and Scottie <laughs> Pippen comparison. And they ran, Scottie handled the ball as they ran the offense through Jordan. And that should have always been kind of the role of Paul George because, like I said, he is more of a playmaker than um, Kawhi. And Paul George has also always said how he's more of a flow type of player opposed to running set. So if he's running the offense, he's playing more in the flow while Kawhi has the mindset of getting to his spots. Right. So it, it always should have been more of that way anyway. Um Cause you know you can obviously you can run things for Paul George, but he you know he he told Billy Donovan out of his mouth that's not really how he want to play. That's not really really his thing. So right. you put the ball in his hands and then you run things to Kawhi, and then that way they're both touching the ball almost all the time down the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can let's basically you can run sets where they both do touch the ball, get them some pick and roll and action and everything. Right. So on to the Eastern Conference. It's not like you know Reggie Jackson is like a Reggie Jackson is like. That Derrick Fisher, Ron Harper, point guard, like he's a scoring guard, so he ain't like you, you, he gotta run the offense. offense or nah, yeah, right, because he's clearly like a lot of the offense he runs is for himself, honestly, for yeah. him to get buckets. Exactly. But also the Eastern Conference, where we had a couple game sevens to decide this Eastern Conference matchup with the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm gonna start the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets game seven, which came down to an air ball by KD in overtime. Did you see the quote about? Um, the fourth quarter shot to tie it up. Yeah, by he says foot was too. Yeah, yeah. foot. You know he he was on the line. And I was looking at that sh- when I was looking at it too, and I I, was, I didn't realize what the score was and when he made it. And I'm like, dang, his intention probably was to get behind the line. That's when I thought when I saw it. Um, but you know he hit the shot to send him into overtime. All right. That was his last bucket of the night. Yeah. yeah so like he played 52 minutes. So of course. Three played the whole game. <laughs> oh, I was saying 52. Well, he played 53 minutes because he definitely played the whole game. In the yeah. last three games, he only sat out eight minutes. And that's because game six was basically a blowout. Yeah. But, of course, as a hooper, you know once you get over that certain body limit of minutes and games played, you might shoot the air ball when you normally wouldn't. Yeah. Did you uh, see the shot live or did you go back and I, – I went back and watched the shot. I went back and watched the whole fourth really in – Fourth and overtime, and obviously he clearly was tired on on that Just shot. Last minute, yeah. Um, but I think he could have got a better shot. He kind of, I feel like he kind of went back to what the shot he made before. So shooting that turnaround. You know, kind of reverse shot just was, I think, was tougher on on those legs. And then 
Um, it was defended well by Drew. I really think he should have just walked him down and pulled up. Like I, I, I would live and die by that shot with him. We've seen him make that shot right. in the finals. Um, but he also, which, which is, is weird because these are the best players in the in the world. But you can see the little tendencies that you know he wasn't on that side of the court where he, you know, he's on he the left shoot side. That shot, right? Yeah, so that's that's not his normal pull-up area. If you notice, anytime KD usually pulls up, um, he, he's on the left side and he's walking down, the ball's in his left, and he can naturally put it in his right yeah. hand. But on the right side, it's like he was trying to get back to that type of shot. And was the game, they were down one, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you think you're taller than Drew, so you think you want to put a little size on him, but once right. you don't get the shots you want, he went back the way he did. Right. So, But if, if he would have been on the left side, he would have pulled. I, right. I, I'm i willing to bet money he would have pulled up for the three right. if he was on the left side. Nah, Even yeah. with knowing they just needed two, two. Nah, he would have been more comfortable. No, nah, yeah, definitely. I think to those two points, I think, like I say, knowing they only needed two, I think a lot of that came down to he just couldn't make a move to get to the free throw line as well off Drew. Exactly, and yeah. Even and you know you don't got a lot of time to. No, nah, yeah, that too. And even before that, I think with like 16 seconds or so left, it was a, it was time because he got the ball down court and he got it to James Harden because I think and that was the situation to me like okay he tired of this one because he want James Harden to do something maybe help him get open, mm-hmm. but James Harden kind of just throwing the ball right back. I think that also threw KD off to where he can't even get in his mindset. All right, what move I'm gonna make for it? Cause like I said, it's not a lot of time and you're not expecting to get a the ball back that fast. Does um. James Harden hamstring, you think they have a lot to do with that last play where he just didn't try to make a move at all? Like I said, he got he basically got the ball and passed it right back. Yeah, that definitely had a lot to do with it because um, I, I don't think – I think KD wanted to take the shot, obviously, but if, if James is healthy, I think he's being aggressive as far as trying to get a shot or get KD a better opening um, because, like you say, you do want to try and get an easier shot to win the game and – because um, I think he wanted to win the game right there, especially after you hit that that shot to send it to overtime where you know, like, dang, my foot was that close. Yeah, so, right, so you, you just want to win the game instead of getting fouled and maybe making one free throw. You, you're just trying to get it over with. Right. And on to the um, winning team before we get more into the Nets. Giannis had a big game. Chris Middleton had had a big game. So I think Giannis finished with a 36, if I'm correct, with 36. Mm, nah, in the closeout, he had 40. Yeah, oh, my yeah, bad. My 40. bad. No disrespect. He had 40 and what, 12, 13? Yeah, 40 and 12 or 13. Uh, Chris Middleton had, what, 28? Yeah, about 28, I believe. Uh, those are, that's how you want to see him play. And at the end, they kind of basically stuck to the strategy that most people want to see him go to. Let Chris Middleton create in the half court. And if you get some full court opportunities, then you give it to Giannis. Right. I think Drew Holiday had a bigger impact than you than he might have shown because his box not his you know his stats weren't the best in a lot of those wins, but in like game was game three he hit the game winning shot. The even down the stretch in game seven he had had a couple big plays offensively and defensively. Going against Atlanta. Real quick, just, just getting a preview. Real quick, going against Trey Young, they can't have Drew Holiday. They can't have Drew Holiday play that inconsistently. I'm not gonna say bad, right. but play that inconsistent. Um, even with being a great defensive player, because it might not matter if Trey still able to get 30 and 10. Honestly, right. What is I know we all everybody get on boot holes about not making adjustments, but what do you think he's getting trying to tell Drew just to stick in Drew head about 
you know, what he needs him to do in the, this conference finals to help him advance and put out the Hawks. Right. Well, I don't know what he's telling them, but I think one way, one thing he's doing wrong is for sure, especially if Drew's shooting, having a tough shooting night, is taking the ball out of his hands. And in the games when they won, you can see them not doing that as far as taking it out of Drew and Chris Middleton's hands. But right. those games where they was making it tough, they was reverting back to the old Giannis being ball dominant. Like, Drew is the type of player, he's not a spot-up shooter. Um, he's a player that needs to put, he's going to put the ball on the floor, he's going to make passes, and he's going to get to the basket. So then, even if he's having a tough shooting night, he can get fouled and get to the free throw line because you know he's going to play good defense also. So in the series, I, this series, especially against Atlanta, I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing. Um, especially, you know, even if they got Cam back, he's going to be hurt. I mean, he's not going to be hurt, but he hasn't played in weeks, so it's like how effective can Cam be right now? Obviously, he can add something. No DeAndre Hunter. So it's like who's really going to be guarding Drew in this series? It's definitely not going to be Trey Young, but you can't waste. Like, this defensively is going to work to a lot of their favors because, like, I'm pretty sure you're going to have John Collins is going to take Giannis. Um, but in that start lineup, it looks like Chris Middleton is on. I mean, uh, it looks like Kevin Hurd is on Chris Middleton, so maybe you are kind of left with Trey. Andrew, I don't know who else I'm missing out of that starting lineup because it's Capella, it's a, Capella, Trey, uh, Bob, John, so, and, and Bob not hurt. So, uh, it, you know, this seems like a series where you put the ball in Drew's hands and Drew, just, he got to produce for you. No, yeah, yeah, he has to produce. And I think he will. But back to Giannis real quick. Like I said, he had a 40-piece in the victory. Yep. Um... Of course, they they advanced initially to the conference finals. They went to the conference finals two years ago. Lost to the um, Toronto Raptors and Kawhi, who's the last team to put Philly out in the game seven. Before we get to Philly, that was a quick fact. Um, what is it that you want to see Giannis do against the Hawks besides not be so ball dominant? Basically, continue to take shots inside the paint. Um, don't let them off the hook by shooting threes. And other than that, you know the aggression is going to be there. It's just not taking them off the hook and shooting threes. Like, obviously, you're going to take in rhythm shots. I don't want them turning down shots, but just shooting random pull-up threes because they're not guarding you. No, that's not going to work. I would will, I will be aggressive. Um, hopefully, Atlanta's crowd, shout-out to the Hawks, hopefully the crowd doesn't count like Brooklyn did because Giannis, I don't believe he missed a free throw after they started counting. Yeah, I think he missed the first one, and he didn't miss another. It's like they they putting rhythm into his Exactly. Team. Don't and, and at the end of the day, Even though, like, at the end of the day, yeah, like. he's the best players in the damn world. Like, you going to taunt the back-to-back MVP? Okay, I'm not surprised that he started making shots after y'all are counting because now you're making it so obvious, and now it's kind of disrespect. So he he gonna give it back to you, right? Or like whatever. So right. um, if, if I'm him, don't be scared of going. Don't be afraid to go to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I like I like his mid range jumpers and his pull ups right. more than I like his threes. So use that. And I even saw some jump hooks from him. He just keep getting more comfortable in the paint. No, yeah. Really, and get rid of some of them hezies and in and outs too. When yeah. you just stand still, nobody's right. falling for it. Leave your, leave your trainer drills and come play basketball. <laughs> but on back to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Stephen A. Smith had an, something. He put up an interesting list on first take. I didn't watch it, but um, it basically was I think the five reasons why the Brooklyn Nets lost. Uh, Joe Harris, Steve Nash. I think it had James Harden injury or Kyrie's injury. What did Steve Nash do? Basically, not you know they don't, a lot of people was 
judging him for not making for not using the rest of his not using the rest of his bench to Reggie Perry <laughs> to relieve um, KD or Smith so he didn't have to play the whole game. Who's gonna relieve him? Timothy Lewis Cabarro? I don't know. This is what the streets are saying. Elise Johnson. This is what he the tried streets. to play Mike James. He tried to play Chris. Mike James played since that second half in game. Tyler four. Johnson. Who who you taking out of KD? Well, who bringing in for KD? Yeah, I don't know. That's right. that's what a lot of people are saying. And then, of course, not calling that timeout on that last possession, which he, that was the right play. Then they get to set their defense. You're already no, tired. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. But um, I know his number one reason for them losing was uh, quote unquote karma, basically with saying you know James Harden suffering his hamstring injury because of how he forced his way out of Houston with you know basically. I do slightly agree with that. I no, yeah, I but, do correlate that karma. hamstring. Yeah, not <laughs> karma like. <laughs> Kyrie stepped on Giannis's foot like that's karma like yeah nah. like this is just certain stuff is like just say y'all didn't want to see him win because y'all didn't want to see a super team win quote unquote because and y'all don't like how they came together but it's like Katie and Kyrie was free agents like what you want them to do true James got traded there I mean they could other teams had deals on the table so um they definitely James' injury and more particularly, I would say Kyrie's injury, because James was already out since Game One. But I think with KD and Kyrie, that would have allowed them to advance. And then you do got someone else with the scoring burden, so KD can take more rest or whatever. Just my neck and ball. But they they both would have still play heavy minutes. Right. Um. But I think if Kyrie's out there, uh, Brooklyn can can still advance. But James' injury, I definitely think. You know, this is a dude that plays every game, uh, every year basically, and you know he gets he gets hurt this year. He definitely came, uh, he definitely came into the season out of shape. Which I think, even if you're trying to get traded out of Houston, yeah, you don't that, do that. that that you don't do that to yourself. Like, why would I even play? Which I don't, hey, I don't know what he was doing or whatever. But why would I even do that to myself to come in not in the best shape? Nah, yeah, um, or whatever. That that don't even make sense. Right. So. But and I'm not even trying to I think and I think the last time he was hurt in Houston it was a hamstring injury I think he missed like 10 games that year mm. like I think it's all because James Harden isn't necessarily the most in shape NBA player already like his game doesn't determine him being you know in the greatest of shape it's more of a slow kill slow pace type of thing right. but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be in better shape even if you are trying to get traded from a team going on to the other game seven with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks which the Atlanta Hawks won even despite a tough shoot night for Trey Young to start with the winners of course of course Kevin Hoyter, aka Kayvon, with the with the um, not like the Kayvon, <laughs> you know, like Kayvon, yeah, he rocking with Kayvon yeah, with the apostrophe. He needs a, he needs a better better nickname than that. Hey, hey, John Collins said it first, so he didn't make it up himself. Oh no, no, I know that. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw yeah, I saw he said his teammates call him that. But when, uh, like when he have a good game right. or stuff like that. <laughs> like like he had he had the biggest game. I think he's really what helped them get advanced. Honestly, I think he was to Atlanta what Seth was to Philly. Uh huh. Um, looks like Trey didn't have the best game, but he had one of the better series and just one of the. I think him and Devin Booker probably did two of the better playoffs debuts we've seen since whenever. Right. Um. Of course, as everybody in Atlanta know, all stars, no all NBA, no all defense. Who's never gonna have coach of the year? Let's not. I wish we would stop bringing people would stop bringing that up. We weren't gonna have the executive of the year because our moves wasn't all that, and we didn't really get. 
you know, we started off slow. The Seahawks started off slow as well. Right, it was definitely up and down. Because I, I would say they actually started off good, and then it got bad, and then it got good again. Because <laughs> remember, they started off hot at the beginning of the year. The whole team was there. It was like that they, was, they were about to have all-time offensive rating numbers. Because remember, you had to win against Brooklyn. And then the injuries start, uh, the issues start. More injuries, fired a coach. I mean, because everything really got bad when DeAndre Hunter got hurt as he was in the midst of having a career year. And then, you know, the Rumblings had already started when once stuff kind of, you know, they started losing. They kind of reverted back to the old offense of, you know, some of Trey's taking some of the bad shots he was taking. And stuff came out about John Collins saying they should move the ball more. And people took <laughs> <No>. that as <laughs> right. People took that as him, you know, trying to get trying to get the ball because it, it's a contract okay. year for All him right. or whatever. And then so you you know, uh, they fired Lloyd and you know Nate. He was hesitant to take the job, and then he does take it. And Atlanta's had the best record in the East since he took over. So. All right. Nah, yeah. It was definitely a up a up and down year. Technically didn't have an all star this year, but we all know, you know, Trey was all star started last year. Right. Um, so it, you know, it was one all star on the roster. Right, it but, is it is. But definitely no all stars this year. Right. And I think Philly came into this series first I first of all I think they didn't take the Hawks seriously enough. It's a young team. Obviously people respect Trey. But right, right. it's like, are we really gonna beat them? Uh, are they really gonna beat us or whatever? So if you don't take them serious, you don't take their offensive firepower serious, which like people showed up for them. Gallinari has some big games. Lou has been struggling. Gallinari might not have another big game the rest of his career. Right. Lou, but, Lou, yeah. Lou has been struggling and then he goes off in a quarter and like just kills you. Bogdan have his minutes. Kevin Herter was on unguard- Kevin Herter was unguardable in, in game seven. Okay, he was unguard. He really was unguardable in that game. So it's like it is so many weapons out there. And then obviously you have the ultimate killer in Trey. Because I said like with him in game seven, and really Trey had a good series overall. But he had a tough shooting series period once Ben was on him because you, I mean he's six ten. What can you do about it? And Ben is really guarding him. So he but he still was obviously getting his numbers as far as getting twenty and ten every night almost because he was distributing the ball but just them keeping it close and Trey I think going to the fourth quarter had made one shot and then they done kept it close and now he hit a three he hit like two or three floaters he made some free throws like he put the game away for for, uh, for them now in the fourth quarter because right. he you know Trey's not scared of missing them shots but Philly don't take them serious Atlanta steals three games on the road against the number one seed, number one seed. I think that's not being talked about enough to win three games on on the road in this series, um, which which was big for him because you had to to win Game Seven on the road, obviously. But after winning that first game, even with what happened in the end, they felt confident that they could beat him. Um, I think overall Philly had I thought Philly had the better team coming in, and you can't even give them the excuse excuse of Joel's injury or whatever, which clearly you seen some fatigue in him in the fourth quarter. But Atlanta just took it from him, really, and they showed him that they they, they ready. All right, no, definitely. And, of course, um, Philly missed – Basically, miss, missing Danny Green down the end, but just right. Yeah, with, you lose him at the game one, and that matters because he's no. a player that guard. He's he's guarding Trey 
And when Kevin Hurd is going off like that, especially after you decided to go bend on Trey, Danny Green is guarding. Because Seth was doing as good a job as he could do on Kevin. Kevin's 6'7". Right, he, he, shoot, he literally just shooting over him. Like, right, yeah, there's nothing it's you can do, nothing you can do about that. Like, I'm 6'3". He's 6'7". Sorry, sorry. Yeah, there's only so much blame. There's only so much you can really give Seth for right. defense. But the, even with the Gallinari game, when he went off and you put Seth on him, and I, and I said that's something I would do, the, that's potentially, especially because you know, even when he's struggling, you still got to respect Danny Green as a shooter. So that's still potentially Danny Green moments because he would have potentially been out there for right. defense. And in case if you do got to do a cross matchup, he could hit the three. So, no, yeah, so missing Danny Green matters. No, that, that t- missing Tobias Harris also matters. I know he was out there, but missing Tobias Harris also matters. Who it, I, He was out. It, I, I don't even think he had a terrible series, but the, the time that he decided to have his worst game of the playoffs was the worst time to do it. That four-point game killed Philly in this series. Yeah, it definitely. Like I said, I, even game seven, he didn't really start hitting shots until the fourth quarter when they needed him to make some shots, but he wasn't making shots consistently, honestly. And I think, like I said, Ben goes two for 16. Joel and B, him and Seth Curry did what they could do. But if no no Danny Green out there, that's some more – that's – scoring you have to have because you know Ben not necessarily going to score regardless if he's taking shots or not but she took 16 of them so it's like you can I think Seth Curry accounts for Ben Joel also accounts for some of those points as well but it's like there was nobody to account for Danny Green and Tobias Harris points because Shake was real shaky no pun intended Tyrese Maxey only really played game six and seven for real then after that, there's no other – George Hill, who I didn't know was hurt. You told me he was hurt early in the week. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah, providing – he's not really providing you the George, best offensive minutes, honestly. George Hill had the worst plus-minus on the 76ers. Mm. So, I think a lot of that, and like you say, the Sixers not really taking them as a serious threat. All that and having a player like Trey just is a – is a is a mixture for disaster, honestly. And Doc just not doing the right, making the right lineup moves in those situations also killed him as well. Right. Since we're talking about Doc, them, I think a lot of players, a lot of these, they showed the kind of colors in the end of this series because for I would say on Doc and Joel, because as soon as it was over, it seemed like they went to. They, they didn't want to take a lot of accountability. It was just a blame. Because, of course, Ben took majority of the heat for this series. And, I mean, for for this game. And they're talking about what he does in the fourth quarter. Ben doesn't shoot quarter one through three. Why do we expect him to shoot in the fourth quarter? That's what Tobias is out there for. That's why Seth is on the court. That's why the MVP runner-up who averaged 28 points per game is out there. But Joel can't seem to make a shot in the second half. And I'm not even putting it all on Joel and B. But if Ben isn't, because that's who it all has come down on, and, and his, uh, mainly because of the one shot that he gave up, he, he could have got a dunk, but he passed it to Matisse um, trying to get an and one. I, I think in Ben's mind, I, I think he made the wrong play. We said that while we were here live mm-hmm. watching it. But knowing how he's playing, I think he looks at that like, I'm going to get him the ball. He's going to get an and one. Maybe it's going to be a dunk, and it's going to swing some momentum for us too. But Ben could have dunked 
a, a hard dunk, and that could have got them momentum also. So that's the counter to that. But just knowing the type of like, if you ever watch Ben Simmons play, you know what type of player he is. The type of player he is is he's gonna pass the ball. That's why he has like he. he I don't think he took more than eight shots in a game. Until um, game seven. He, he and I, I thought he took more shots than he took, but he didn't even take as many as I thought he took in that one. And that's I think game seven he ended up taking like twelve. Um, but he that's why the other scores are on the court. That's why it's been that way the whole season for them. But he's taking the heat mainly for it. And now it's nobody's going to want to play him. And out of the start lineup, he had the best plus minus because he's also guarding Trey. He had 13 assists. No, he didn't play the perfect game. But even like you blame the free throws, he took two free throws. So and he, he was one for two from the free throw line. So that wasn't even the issue in this game. I think in the end, it was they expected more from Shake and they didn't get it. they didn't get it. And Doc kept going to him for some reason. Until like game six, e- right. even in game seven. Like he he tried yeah he should have went ahead and went with Maxi and even in those moments when he was going with Maxi he still was bringing Milton in and then you you got Ben because you want him to be more aggressive but I I just can't get get over some of the turnovers that Joel was making out of trying to make passes that is like you 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 know you don't make those passes yet I mean he had 16 turnovers in the last two games so I think Ben's taking a lot of heat for this when it really should be spread out and to hear you know the comments after the game like you say you know we talked about how the difference between Ben and Brett Brown has been I mean uh, uh, Doc and Brett Brown has been the confidence that he seemed to have put in Ben and trying to lift him up as their point guard but as soon as it got tough it seemed like that went out the door for Doc so it's like it, it kind of came off in the end like it was fake really like it's cool while we're winning but then when it's over obviously they asked him can he be a point guard on the championship team and you're not gonna say yeah but I mean because y'all not going to the finals but he could have answered that question a lot better and then even you know Joel with his answer what everybody's talking to what he's talking about when the game swung and the game swung he says when you know, with that, when, but they went, when he didn't make that dunk, basically, he didn't say his name, but he's like, when he's like, we could have got a dunk, but we got one free throw and then they made a shot. It was still a one point game. When you got the ball and threw it away to Gallinari, it was a two point game. You kind of gave the game away right there. The ball was in your hands. You're the leading scorer. You're second in MVP. Some people thought you could have been MVP and you threw the ball away. And we're saying that Ben Simmons lost the game because he didn't dunk the ball at three. 45? That one makes sense to me. Nah, fan. It's like, not just Ben Simmons. It's been plays like that in... Ben deserves some blame. No, he does. I'm not... Yeah, no, definitely. What you had, what you did, the blame should be spread around. Like, how often do you see see those plays in the playoffs where... Anybody makes makes that pass instead of ducking. It's like it is five. It was five minutes ago, and like y'all couldn't figure out anything in that span to get a bucket. Honestly, right to you know, like I get it. Like say Seth Curry was who, even though he embraces that, because I still feel like he plays with that hunger to prove that he belongs to be here with these players and that he might be better than some of these players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's sure. this is his first real starting role. 
So right, and he, I think, and just consistently, in the, and yeah. I think just in the playoffs alone, he exceeded a lot. I know I coming into the season, I think I, me and you both said if he's just, you know, he gonna be six man of the year this year. That's what you want from him out of Philly. Right, and he ended up being their most consistent starter. Really, the season kind of got hurt when he got COVID. Yeah, no, it did. So it's like right, so. Y'all like say just to give all that blame on that one play is a little is is dangerous territory, honestly. Right, and now everybody's giving away the twenty four year old player that's made All NBA twice, uh, been All Star three times, just finished second in Defensive Player of the Year. It's no value for that player. <laughs> that's that that that's pretty stupid. Right. right. <laughs> they don't think nobody who's gonna want Ben Simmons now. Okay, you you think nobody don't want him? That's like when the when the Giants was calling around, called the Patriots for Odell Beckham, and they's like, oh y'all trying to get him away? Okay, what y'all want to give him? <laughs> And then the other, just the, the, I'm gonna end it on this. You want to give away the 24 year old player, and you're gonna build. A, and I, I, I think Joel B is a top, arguably top five player, definitely top ten player. But he's hurt right now. He didn't win MVP because he got hurt and he missed a month and a half. That's why he didn't win MVP. Ben has been other than you know he had his injuries last year and obviously he had the foot injury coming out. Out of school, which he could have came back, but Philly, you know how they was running their organization mm-hmm. then. Ben's been healthy, and he's he's been All NBA just as fast as Joel has been All NBA. He's been an All Star just as fast as Joel has been an All Star. You could say some of his game has been limited because he's not thinking be aggressive offensively at all because he's thinking just pass the ball, just score. I got all these shooters out here. I'm going to play defense. Like, his goal this year is to win Defensive Player of the Year. But before we so quick to trade a 24-year-old All-NBA player for a center that we know is going to miss games next year for injury, I think that should be reconsidered. Right. Just to break away from the NBA real quick, the summer Shout Olympics. out to the Hawks, though. I'm going to end on that because nobody I, – even I, I, I picked the 76 to win, but – to put themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals, first time since 2015. Um, did with this, it's like it's a young roster, but it's really not because you know you got Gallo and you know Bogey's an older player. The 2021 Conference Finals Hawks would murder the 2015 Conference Finals Hawks. Wait, this year's team with yes. kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Paul Millsap and Kyle Corbin, Jeff T. Jeff T. Garden Trey Young. Jeff T. Garden Trey Young. Trey Young going to score 50 on him. <laughs> nah, shout out to Jeff T. No disrespect to Jeff T. No disrespect to Jeff T. Gonna Jeff score T. No, Jeff, no disrespect to Jeff well, T. John Collins is going. But... Hey, no, no, no. The best is the two, the best clip I've seen on uh, on NBA Twitter, even despite their terrible takes on Ben Simmons, is the uh, the Hawks clip where they're playing the, uh, they're playing regulators and it's the Warren G verse where they're trying to rob them and stuff and then <laughs> Nate Dog pull up. So they show Trey Young and they got the L's on the calendar and John Collins. And then when Nate Dog verse, they show Nate McMillan and you start seeing all the wins and everything. So shout out to Whoever it's it's some dope editors on NBA Twitter. I'll nah, say that. Tight. But um, like I say, just break away. Well, you gotta see the Kevin Herter one too. They start off with the welcome to Atlanta. Did it? It it switched to some. You just gotta see it. <laughs> but now, <nah, laughs> once again, shout out to the Atlanta to the Atlanta Hawks for winning Game Seven, going to the Conference Finals to face the Milwaukee Bucks. Like I said, um, break away from the NBA real quick. Our Tokyo Olympic team is looking to be hooping, hooping this year with some of the players that have already committed to playing. They thought nobody was gonna want to play. Oh no, short, short off season. Man, these dudes like hooping, bro. Like 
Uh, so far, we have committed Bam Adebayo, Dame Lillard, James Harden, Jason Tatum. Uh, Chris Paul didn't commit. I think Devin Booker could no. Either Donovan Mitchell didn't commit. Right. I think Devin. Nah, nah. Donovan Mitchell not playing. He said because yeah. he got an ankle injury. Nah, yeah. But I think Devin Booker did. But don't quote me on that one. Yeah, he was on the um, list. KD, Kevin Durant, of course. I'm pretty sure Melo might throw his name out there. You never know. Yeah, Melo ain't gonna let nobody get more more Olympic <laughs> medals than him. Hold on, man. <laughs> hey. But y'all, y'all trying to get my y'all trying to get my scoring record and my medal record. No, you can't thanks. have both. I can't. It was a list of other players. I ain't got my phone on me to look at it real quick. But this seemed to be a really. I don't think Greg Popovich. I think Greg knew he. I think Coach Pop knew he was going to be coaching this level of talent players because the the qualifying team was terrible. I'm not gonna lie. Now y'all, that was a terrible team. It was almost. It wasn't. It was almost as bad as that 2000 bronze medal team. But that was the Olympics. That was it, qualified, so they were worse. It was this worse team. than that team. This team was worse than that. But when I seen, um, when I seen KD, who also has one of the best basketball nicknames ever, whether that's Slim Reaper or Easy Money Sniper, because we also use that name that name for his nickname as well. I was kind of figured like KD who missed basically almost two years, a year and a half of no basketball at all. Like, oh, I know he going to try to play as much basketball as possible. Like, why wouldn't he? And it's just like, this is going to be a team that's, they going to go out there and they're going to be hooping, hooping. Like, I don't even know how else to put it, honestly. Like, I seen, of course, I seen somebody, you know, that's Canadian, talking about how Canada's going to give them some issues, but it's like, they are going to give who some issues? <laughs> the United States? But it's like, even with that being said, on a serious note, even though that is a joke, <laughs> Shea Gilders, Alexander, or Jamal Murray isn't playing. Their best player is going to be Andrew Wiggins. They getting, oh, yeah, they're no. not winning. Now, I seen somebody say they were the second best team in the Olympics. Hell no. They won't beat Serbia. Jokic tell me? Who Jokic else on that team? I don't know, but they were <laughs> second last time. They they look. They do. It was somebody else on the team. I, I, sure I literally don't know who. Sure but they not being Serbia. They won't beat France. They 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 won't be. They won't beat Australia. And Ben not even playing, and they won't beat Australia. Ben might not play. He gonna eventually play because he told them that he was gonna play. So they. Just, no, all, he came back out. You just said he's not playing. Some Australian money on the line. Ben gonna have. He gonna have to pay his debts one day. But <laughs> they they not being old Marcus all and Pau Gasol on Spain. Man, I don't believe in Canada at all. No, I don't either. I just Ricky, Ricky Rubio, Mark, and, but they, they might not do that during the NBA season, but we get on yeah, the overseas market. Oh, yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, y'all yeah, just seen Who that. Who Luka playing with? Uh, Goran Dragic? They ain't mean them. <laughs> like, so I just see it, and I just thought that was funny because it was like, Canada? Canada. <laughs> Shout out to Shooters Pod over on uh, Off the Ball Network, though. That's my, I, as I like to call it, that's my Canadian cousin. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's going to be a real special Olympics team. I think... I don't see anybody competing with the USA Olympic team like any other year. Like, we're probably just going to run through it again. And one other quick note that's not NBA that wants to be NBA, the Harlem Globe Trotters are asking the NBA to give them a team in the NBA. Why? A professional team. <laughs> what they they going to play in Harlem? Like, <laughs> Yo, hey, he New York get three teams. I kind of I like it now. They're going to play in Harlem. I guess change the jerseys and the names, though, like. I don't like. Oh, here go the updated roster real quick. It it was KD, James Harden, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Drew Holiday, Middleton, Chris Middleton, uh, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, and Kevin Love for whatever reason. Yeah, so 
Yeah, that team is going to box out and get some rebounds. That team is going to win gold medal easily. Nah, yeah, facts. But, uh, what was it? Uh, Harlem Globetrotters. The Harlem Globetrotters. Because <laughs> I, I did just see the statement. I haven't read it yet. But not, why would the NBA get a They, they only play it. one team. I'm not going to put I mean, you know that. You know, they like play like college teams during exhibition games. But yeah, they like, do. Actually, shout out to, to all the semi-pro players. One of, one of my teammates actually played for the Harlem Globetrotters. They don't deserve an NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> And he can hoop. He can hoop. He can hoop. Nah, Rashad, just, Rashad, Rashad Foss. He can hoop. Nah, I just remember them playing like, um, you know, playing college teams every year in exhibition games because they would play like Maryland. Yeah, yeah. And like mostly ACC Big East teams, but it's like. Those are definitely professional basketball. Like, all jokes aside, those are definitely professional basketball players on that team. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't deserve an NBA team. No, they don't. <laughs> they said the letter like, hey, y'all need to give us a team. <laughs> like, it's professional, and then it's the Harlem Glow Trials, where it's like professional, but it's like a lot of this stuff is I would say as far as revenue and fans go like oh yeah definitely but Harlem Globetrotters should enter the semi-professional market to you know, get an ABA team or uh, you know one of those leagues no, they, they want to be in the NBA they want to be in the big boy leagues like, maybe a G League team yeah they, they can compromise there It'll draw, maybe you get some revenue all right now nah, facts but on um, back to the NBA and the Eastern Conference we're going to do a quick preview real quick um what is Nate McMillan? What game plan do you think he's drawn up defensively for Giannis and Chris Middleton and teams? Of course, everybody's going to automatically go, "Oh, he should go to the wall." But what realistic game plan do you think he's drawn up defensively? Well, definitely Giannis. You, you got to go some type of wall movement because you want to keep him out the paint. So it doesn't matter who you're going to get to guard him. They could again, you really use DeAndre Hunter uh, in this series. So. You want to make Giannis shoot as many jump shots as possible and then just make Chris Middleton take tough shots. I think Chris Middleton has a tendency to be timid on the road. And, and, and I mean, his number shows he plays better at home than he does on the road. So, You're all starting on the road, player. Play, right, play. exactly. So, you know, you definitely want to make Chris Middleton dribble a lot more because he's one of those get to his spots <laughs> type no, of players because yeah, he, he can shoot over. He people. put it between his legs and all that. But yeah, nah, but he, he, get if he get the dribble, yeah, if he get the dribbling too much, he's not doing what he want to do because he can shoot over you and he know he can shoot over you. So, I'm definitely killing. I'm definitely going with that. And the biggest killer is, uh, you know, the Hawks offense because you want to make them compete with your shooting. If you knocking down threes and they want to come down and take threes, and Brooke Lopez is the best three point shooter on the Bucks. Brent Forbes. Brooke Lopez, the best three point shooter. Brent Forbes. I scored Jimmy Butler in the first round, but that was going to be my next question with uh, Milwaukee because we see the Hawks have the advantage in the backcourt with their guard play. And I know Devin Chinko has been out. I don't think he's coming back in yeah, this series either. Back, yeah. um, Pat Connaughton has been getting some minutes. He, I mean, he always gets minutes, but he's been getting a lot of big minutes. He's actually been producing pretty good. I mean, your counterpart is Joe Harris, who's Casper the friendly ghost in the playoffs. Right. But you know, he has some good. He has some big minutes in the in the latter part of that series. Like I say, Brent Forbes in the first round outscored Jimmy Butler, and he's still shooting pretty well when he's on the court. Who is Milwaukee going to really? Because like I say, Bogey's hurt. We know they're going to try to keep Trey on who's ever the other guard so he doesn't have the guard, Drew or Chris Middleton. So who do you think is gives, gives Milwaukee the best and most – I get who gives them the best minutes at the other guard spot? Right. Uh, I think you're going to try and get – you. they're going to try and do it by committee for real because you're going to have to really go with Forbes and uh, 
Connington or Cunningham. Connington. Connington, yeah. Ain't old so you're going to need some big minutes out of them. But I really think you just got to – Milwaukee has to come in your series feeling like they're the much better team because, I mean, at the end of the day, Giannis is a two-time MVP and John Collins is in his fourth year. And with no DeAndre Hunter – like, you're not playing Gallinari on Giannis. That means John Collins is about to be playing a lot of minutes on Giannis. Finna earn that max money this round. Basically, and, and you need Giannis to show why he got his money also, though. Because this ain't KD on you. This ain't KD on the other side. So, it should be no question that Giannis is the best player on the court, even with Trey out there. So, as much as I think Drew is going to be in a position to attack also, I think this is a series where Giannis should be 35, 36 points per game. Um, really, because who <laughs> on Atlanta is really gonna stop him? Obviously, you got Capella. I said they probably gonna put Capella. They probably gotta put Capella. If Capella on guards Giannis, Giannis better get fifty. Capella can't guard Giannis, and you leaving nothing in, in nothing in the paint. If Capella's on Giannis, I get. I just think that's gonna be the better matchup because it's like we know with Brook Lopez, he's gonna be on the perimeter. So it's like, do you want to take? Well, John ain't gonna get him. John Collins is gonna guard him. Guard who, Giannis or he gonna guard Giannis. Think he gonna be on Giannis? You won't click the pillow that far away from the rim, though. I don't, but I don't want him on Giannis. He's at least John is athletic. Yeah, Giannis not gonna just dunk on him because he's getting around him. He might dunk on him, but he ain't gonna just be running around him. He gonna have to he gonna have to body him. And then I mean, you know, John got the Julius Randle. That's why I said if I think if DeAndre Hunter was there, he would guard him because Hunter was guarding Randle. So I know they will put him on Giannis too, because he can put him on the perimeter, kind of like what you got with Kawhi. Right. So, I mean, Milwaukee should come in this series confident, and they might have a better team overall. But I got Atlanta in three, three games, and then they gonna quit. So they gonna sweep them. Right. Before we get out of here, I want to say this funny tweet I saw on NBA Twitter. I think it was. I don't remember it. I know it for a fact it was a woman. I don't remember her name, but she said the 1776ers got eliminated by the Atlanta Hawks in the MLK jerseys on Juneteenth weekend. That is... I still want reparations. I was going to say, that, that, that's, that's, that's good, but we're still missing just something. <laughs> that's definitely a good... Yeah, man. You put on the MLK, you ain't supposed to lose. Right. I think they've only lost one time in those jerseys. This yeah, they year. lost. They lost the uh, the game six, and them Philly came and they won. They played. No, they played even before that. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's well, not be, during the playoffs. Yeah, not yet. That should just be their second loss. Yeah. But um, I had something in my head real quick before you said that, but. I think that's about it for this episode. I know we ain't been here in a while, so we were just on here kind of talking a bit like we like to do, talking basketball. If whatever my thought was, I'll bring it back up on something later this week, probably on Twitter, probably on the Hoopers Morning around Friday morning. Who knows? But, oh, my bad, this is what I want to say. Despite all the injuries and some of y'all favorite players not being in the playoffs no more, this has been a top-notch playoff. And if y'all open y'all eyes, y'all can have some new favorite players and shuffle some new players up in y'all top five and top ten, starting with Devin Booker and Trey uh, Young. But other than that, you got anything else for him? Yeah, no, that was it. But I also agree that play- people should be open when you're talking about the top players in the league, not just your favorite player. It's cool to have your favorite player, but... When you think about the top players in the league, you have to respect what some of the younger players are doing in the NBA, um, and you gotta put, you know, gotta slot them appropriately. We can't, you know, 
it's, it's fair to say Devin Booker is the best shooting guard in the NBA. That's when they do it like Tupac. Right. Lies on me. I don't have him as my best shooting guard in the NBA, but there's an argument for him there. He's definitely top three. It's fair to say that KD is the best player in the NBA. And it's fair to say that Embiid is a top 10 player and things like that. The younger players are around and they're making an impact, not just during the regular season. They, you know, they're clearly making an impact during the playoffs, even the ones that's sitting at home. You know, you watch Jason Tatum, you telling me he's not a top 15 player. You see Luka play, he's not top 10. Got to watch what these guys doing. Oh, my bad. Gilbert Arena says Zion should play strong guard next year, too. Hell no. Zion is a center. He's a center. You say he is centers. <laughs> Gilbert say he is. You know how two totally different, even just the fundamentals of what you do and think for those positions are? Exactly. It's all on the opposite. Way opposite. <laughs> Look, Zion is not a guard. At best, you could play him at the four if you can get a Brooke Lopez type center with him. But Zion is a power forward. I mean, he's not a center for real, but then, you know, how they play in these NBA, but he's a four. He needs to be, he needs to be setting picks. Like, obviously, he can, you know, obviously, you're going to put the ball in his hand at the top of the key and he can do his downhill thing, but you're not. We just seen Giannis get eliminated years after this and he's 6'11". Why do we think a 6'6 player is going to win a championship like that? He should learn now. He should learn now that he can he can he can do those plays. He can set picks. He can have some type of post game. Go watch some That's Charles what I was Barkley. Ask you about like just get because he he obviously can body people. So you body some people and you get a little jump hook or you get a quick like Zion with a drop step with how quick he is. Who's guarding Zion's drop step? Players gonna be dizzy after that, right? Like, <laughs> like who, who's, who's guarding a, who's guarding a one step spin move from Zion? He's dunking on you. But he's not a guard. He doesn't like I, I, I really hope he don't go down that <laughs> nah, train. Yeah. We literally have watched Giannis get eliminated year after year like that. And Milwaukee is so much clearly a better team when they aren't playing that way. And he's five inches. Zion is six four. Six five. <laughs> but, but Giannis is six eleven and it's not working for him. Why would it work for a shorter player? Like this is not high school. Y'all playing wrong. Brooke Lopez seven one and he play on the perimeter and he will block your shot across the country. He like <laughs> I think it comes back into that old um because like I said, I know I like I, what the thing I like to give Zion for is he does have the potential to grow some of his skills. And I think a lot of that I think people think he's going to be a better jump shooter right. than he's showing he is right now. And it's not even that he's not a good jump shooter. He's not even a willing jump shooter right now. Right. Like Everybody likes to talk about Ben Simmons not shooting jump shots. Zion didn't shoot any. I think he might have averaged like .13 per game. Yeah. And a lot of those were air balls. Like, he's not a willing jump shooter either. But we're going to put him at shooting guard on the perimeter where at some point he's going to have to take it, make those shots. Right. And obviously, you don't have the boxer player in say so he only got to play on no. the post. But just thinking you're just going to put the ball in his hands and put him on the two. No. Move him around. Set some picks. Back cuts. I would be working on his post game. Before I, like, if he can't shoot a mid-range jump shot, how is he going to shoot a three? It's Zion's not a shooting guard. Right. But like I said, shout out to him. Twenty-seven a game this year. No, nah, facts. Twenty-seven and seven. Like I said, we ain't did a while. We ain't did up so while. So we probably was just talking a bit there. But you got anything else for him before we get up out of here? 
Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. That was it for today. Um, just as always, shout out to the listeners and appreciate the listeners worldwide. Uh, I was talking to this dude from Australia the other day. Um, so shout out to him. He was, he was actually talking about Matisse Thibault, and we didn't even bring up his his foul. Um, Kevin heard of that. Also killed the, the game. game. That was the end of the yeah. game after that. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Australia. Australia show us major love. Uh, for sure so shout out to Australia you know everything down there can kill you basically so uh, and just shout out all the listeners worldwide Uh, so as you know you can find us anywhere podcasts are available Apple Podcasts Spotify Uh, we're on Google iHeartRadio we're on Pandora Radio and then of course every Monday Yep, every Monday and Friday, you can catch us on the Nothing But Net channel through the Dash Radio app. So all you international listeners, go to your phone right now. Go to your App Store or your Google Play Store for you Android users. We ain't going to judge you. Just don't tell us that you got an Android. Go to your App Store, download the Dash Radio app, and then like the Nothing But Net channel. And you can catch us every Monday and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time for the Hooper's Hour. Then, of course, every Friday morning for all you social media users, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can find us on the Off The Ball Network's Facebook page. Shout out to the Off The Ball Network. And you can find us on the Hooper's Twitter page and the Hooper's YouTube page live every Friday morning for the Hooper's Morning Run. So, you know, make sure you check out those two things. Hooper's Morning Run every Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Monday and Friday on the Nothing But Net channel through the Dash Radio app, the Hooper's Hour, and then anywhere podcasts are available. Just search the Hooper's Pod. And with that being said, I'm John W. It's Fresh X. And we are the Hoopers. We'll catch you later, players.